Ben has been traded. Who gives a shit? Welcome back to Yank Sports. I'm Ryan back here with Ethan Beduza. Ethan, I will what's up? Remember you. <laughs> will you remember me? That's all the words I know from that song. Um, before we get into the sports in Yank, um, I just want to thank Sam Bennett, also known in his professional life as the Burger King. Um, I want to thank him for all the memories uh, that he that he gave us, all of the dumb Calgary sports fan tweets from Screw Trudeau four twenty sixty nine on Twitter, who has one follower and no profile picture. Um, also the dumb Mark Spector tweets. Yeah, I I actually it's fitting because I just saw this on Twitter. I didn't see this tweet when it came out. But I, mm-hmm. it has resurfaced over the last couple of days. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. But basically in this tweet, this is, I think, after Sam Bennett got drafted, but before he came to the NHL. Um, mm. Literally said, and I quote, <laughs> Connor Mick whatever, Flames fans are going to love this Bennett kid. So not only Bennett better than Dreisaitl, which is the the typical Calgary sports right fan now? take. But Connor Mick, whatever. This guy has a press pass. He is allowed in the building. What? <laughs> well, not allowed in the building right now, but like sans COVID, he's allowed in the building. I don't even I don't even know what to say. I want to point out that when we started record, we started on, on the Zoom today, Ethan asked me what team Bennett got traded to. I dare like remember. Didn't even remember. I just like Sam Bennett's traded. Oh, okay. The rest of this information is useless. And he got like people were making fun of it because he got more return than Taylor Hall, or like an equal return as Taylor Hall. But like people need to remember that this is just PSA to everyone. Real, real quick, real quick PSA. Taylor Hall had a no movement clause. He chose Boston. There was probably better offers. That was Boston's best offer. He made the last call with no movement clause. So it's yeah. not that. It's not that Buffalo pulled the trigger too soon. It's not that no one else made any good offers. It's just that Taylor Hall had on a movement clause. He chose Boston. Can we move on with making fun of how low return it was? Also, Bjork's been amazing in Buffalo. So, I, Taylor Hall has doubled his goal total on the season since he was traded. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in three games in Boston. That's the, the Buffalo Sabres effect. They yeah. do they have like Lazar a Lazar got his first goal in Boston as well. <laughs> I I hope Curtis Lazar does like I he, he's gonna turn into a player, you know. I I, I, think, I hope so. Eventually. I think any, any team would be lucky to have him. Um <laughs> I just we should have made a three-way deal and like taken Lazar. We should have like imagine the reaction on Twitter if um it's like the Oilers are in on a three-way deal involving Boston, Buffalo, and Taylor Hall, and then ah. everyone freaks out, and then we get like we get Lazar out of it. I would celebrate. That'd be kind of funny. I would be happier <laughs> getting Curtis Lazar than Taylor Hall, honestly. I just I'm so sick. And you know, like the opt my my optimistic half of my brain, my front half of my brain, yeah, is actually no, that's not right. Who cares? 
my optimistic <laughs> side is like, okay, maybe Oilers fans will shut the hell up about Taylor Hall. No, he's a UFA this season. So we're going to go through this whole thing again. Extension. Extend Hall, Boston. Boston, Actually, please. I like Boston. Can, we, can someone I, else extend Hall? <laughs> you know what, though? I like Boston. I think Hall's a good fit in Boston. Cause he doesn't have he to. Be, he totally he doesn't have to be the guy. He yeah. can just be a guy, and that's what it is, right? That's why he's been successful. He's like their fourth best forward. He's been successful. He's on a line with David Krejci and Craig Smith. He's, he's been, driving a line. He's been successful in three games against Buffalo for what two of them? It's yeah, it's amazing what happens when you actually get to play against the Sabers instead of for them. Hey. He can do a lot more. Like, you think That's Brady Kachuk's good now? Imagine if he got to play against the Senators. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, like, he'd win the Hart Trophy. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's... That's obviously the biggest story this week. That's why we're starting it. Uh, Sam yeah, Bennett. Sam Bennett. Getting, <laughs> getting traded. What did the Flames get for him? A second and a guy that was taking a second-round pick playing with a farm team. Wow, good. I can't like. How does Brad Living have a job? Sam Bennett, the highest drafted flame in history, <laughs> fourth overall. I'm gonna quickly just look up who was taken after him. We all know that Drysdale was taken before him, but um, I don't know who's taken after him. Probably some. I know Michael Del Cole was fifth, which is also a bust. But like after that, I don't know. I'm gonna look Who would up. you rather have on your team, Sam Bennett or Michael Dal Cole? I actually have Michael Dal Cole's um, upper deck portrait rookie card for the Islanders. It's kind of cute. Did um, Sam Bennett even get one of those? Probably not, because he's a bust. <laughs> okay, this is actually kind of a rough draft. Until you, okay, well, Ekblad, Reinhardt, Drysaddle, they're good. Drysaddle, just Ekblad at number one. Like you, you, you this can, year Ekblad's shown why he was taken at number one though. Yeah, until before he got the injury. Injured. Yeah, before the injury, he was freaking amazing. Like, I just, like, you can talk all you want about Nelly Akapov or Ryan Nugent Hopkins at number one, but like Aaron Ek- in a draft that had Leon Dreisaitl and who else was in that draft? Well, the other good picks I'm looking at Dylan Larkin went 15th, William Nylander at 8th, Nikolai Ehlers at 9. Okay, Dreisaitl, Nylander, Ehlers, and you go with. Aaron Eckblad. Aaron Eckblad is a very good player. He's a very good defenseman. But at number one, are you kidding me? I think at the time, Ehlers and Elander weren't. Ehlers and Elander were taken after Michael Del Cole, Jake Vertanen, and Hayden Fleury. So, do you like, think they that, weren't? Do you think that Florida went in needing a defenseman? Do you think that's they why they absolutely took did? They didn't have anyone. Well, what, what draft was this? This was 2014. Yeah, I'm looking at the. Can I look at? And they made the playoffs right after they won. They won the Atlantic Division this very next year. Remember the Atlantic good, Division? Yeah. Okay. 2013. Oh my God, this is funny. So here is the um, 2013 Florida Panthers blue line from just this just Google page. It could be inaccurate, but Tom Gilbert, former <laughs> Oiler, Dmitry Kulikov, future Oiler. <laughs> Ryan Whitney, former Oiler. Mike Matau. Mike Matau, I don't where do you play? Bruins? Islanders? I don't know where else. But Who? Brian Sorry? Campbell. Mike Matau. I never even heard of him. Mateo. Brian Campbell. Um 
And uh, TJ Brennan, Erica Branson, <laughs> Mike Weaver, Matt Gilroy. That was, and Ed Jovanovsky was not quite retired. So that was their blue line. So yeah, they needed a defenseman pretty badly. <laughs> Still, like when you're when you're picking number one, or honestly, when you're picking wherever the draft, it's got to be best player available. And all the scouts said Ekby was like the greatest defenseman available in years, though. Mm. Well, like I just that that whole logic of you know picking by a position, like. Going off that logic, then Yaro Askarov should have gone first overall this year because he's the best goalie Everybody. prospect since since Andre Vasilevsky. But not by like team position because the Rangers already had two Russian stars, one of which just put together like a hundred and seventy minute shutout streak against the Devils. Side note: best fantasy performance in our fantasy league in ever. Yeah, ever. From, Igor Shesterkin. From Igor Shesterkin. Like back to back shutouts? Are you joking? Yeah. Um, okay. So, you're. By the way, thank you for listening to the full sports podcast. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale is the closest airport I could find to Sunrise. So, um, this is a pretty did, whack draft. I'm just saying. Like, did this they draft s- looks spl- look very spotty? Did they still play in Sunrise? Is that? Um, all I know is that in NHL Slapshot, Bill Clements is welcome to Sunrise, Florida. So that one I know for sure. Maybe it's Gary Thorne that says that, but it's definitely Sunrise in that game. So right, that you know, like ago, that game's like a decade old, right? It's it's eleven years old now, but yeah, it's it's wild. Florida Panthers, Sunrise, Florida, at the BB and T Center. But they spelled. Oh my god, David Post! I forgot David Postnick went twenty fifth this year. Oh lol. And- after McCann, Bleakley, Kapanen, Fabry, Schmaltz, D'Angelo, Tuck, Sandman, uh, Milano, Larkin, Honka, Ver- hey, Verona went here. Perlini, Fiala, Nick Ritchie at 10 to Anaheim. <laughs> good, play, the- good player. Not 10th overall. Good. Dude, Connor Bleakley drafted two picks before Pasternak. Has not made his initial debut. Who drafted him? Colorado. They don't need him, but like, oh my god, oh my god, I just, I literally just had like, I just got no. vertigo thinking about David Pasternak on the Avalanche right now. Oh no, oh no, <laughs> imagine that, like, imagine Miko Rantanen being your second line right winger. Holy piss, boys, wow. that is nuts. Okay. Um. Speaking of trades and hockey type things, uh, the yeah. Oilers made one, and they did make exactly one. <laughs> this is an Edmonton sports podcast, so maybe we should talk about that. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov, defenseman from the New Jersey Devils. What did we give up for him? A conditional pick. It was a fourth round pick in 2022. Very good draft, mind you. That becomes a third round pick if Edmonton wins a playoff round. Okay, so a fourth round pick. <laughs> Are you saying we're not going to be able to beat the Leafs, Habs, or Jets in a seven game series? Honestly, Ethan, I'm. We'll get to that later. But I am. I don't know. I'm kind of scared for a playoff series right now, and we, especially we, if we only added Kulikov, who like we'll get to him in a moment. But like. Is he really gonna push Crossell out of the lineup, or is he gonna push Jones out of the lineup? Like, I, I just, I, mean, I don't know. Jones I don't know if we in, have Jones like, this isn't, isn't even year. in the lineup most nights. Like, what are you talking about? 
Oh, he ever since Lajeson regressed to actual ass, Jones has been playing. You mean the mean? He regressed to the Lageson mean. got he absolutely PDO'd. He got PDO'd hard. Yeah. He, if it was up to Dave Larson Tippett, though, or, like, Larson. Larson if, be good. If, if Dave Tippett was in charge of the managerial decisions, Seth Jones would be playing, or not Seth Jones, well, actually, both Joneses would be playing in Latvia. <laughs> Um, so Dmitry Kulikov for a fourth or third round pick. I, okay, I, it's in not a very good draft. It's not that but, I don't have faith in the Oilers. I still, I'm sticking with my beginning of the season prediction, which is I still think the Oilers can make the top four this year. Yeah, they are a good team. My my lack of confidence has less to do with the actual Oilers and yeah. more the NHL screwing us. And by the NHL, I mean the refs or even the schedule yeah. makers. <laughs> because I don't know if you've noticed this, Ryan, but over the last, let's say, 365 days, the NHL has not made one decision that like straight up benefited the Oilers. And I'm not saying they should. I'm just yeah. saying if you're going to if you're going to make the Oilers play in the play-in series even though they were second in the division, if you're going to make the Oilers play a hockey game on the same day as their teammates funeral, if you're going to constantly ignore the grabs and clutches and holds, those all mean the same thing of Connor McDavid <laughs> nightly. Okay. If, if you're going to do all of that as a league, then you have to, you have to give a little, you got to balance that out. <laughs> also, they just took away this year's third round pick because James Neal ha- exists. Because <laughs> James Neal didn't score a goal in four months. Yeah, and so they took away that pick, which greatly hindered our ability to make a trade this deadline. No second, no third. Legitimately, that actually mattered. That third could have gotten us some shit this year. Going off the trades that were made and the prices for some of the players, that third would have been huge this year. Oh, yeah. So I want to point out. Thank you very much, Gary Batman. Yeah. Okay, Ethan, I have something for you here, though. Ken Holland's original plan, um, I think Brad said this last time. He said, um, year one, fight for the playoffs, year two, playoffs easy, year three, contenders. And I want to point out that this year we get to play Montreal, Toronto, or Winnipeg. We get to play two it's, of the three teams. It's gonna Those be are, it's gonna be Montreal or Winnipeg. Maybe, but unless, have, unless, unless knock on wood, the Oilers completely fall off a cliff in the next month. Yeah, which and Calgary it has been playing better, but Sam Bennett, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Come um, on, dude. But uh the thing is that we got some tough playoff opponents. I would like you get Ethan. I'm excited for next year. Here's why. Okay. Um, as of right now, there is only two Pacific division teams above 500 us in Vegas. So we go back to the normal ass Pacific division. Vegas wins the division, right? They get to play the, the four or five in the central, which or, the or top the five in the, cent- the division. It if could they, happen. This is the, they have this a is good the, off season. Yeah. But option one is that let's say let's say the central goes, you know, Avs, Jets, Blues, Wild, Preds, or something of the sort. What what I'm saying is I think that the fifth best team in the Central is better than the third in the Pacific. Because if if say we get second in the Pacific next year, 
We're playing as of right now. Arizona is the third best Pacific team. They're going to the Central. They're going to the Central. (laughs) So that that means that the best record by a Pacific team right now is either Calgary or San Jose, or LA, Vancouver, Seattle might be good. Question question for you. That's an easy playoff round win, is it not? I I have a question for you. Okay. Not knowing what the roster is going to look like, do you think Seattle makes the playoffs next year? Okay, well, here's the thing. This is a very good question, Ethan, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like the central, the central's loaded. The central's loaded, I think. I think Colorado, Winnipeg, I don't give Minnesota, a shit about the, St. Okay. Louis, Nashville. I think they're loaded. Seattle's not getting a wild card. The central that, matters because that, that's wild that's card it. spots. Yeah, Seattle's not getting I, yeah, a wild card. I agree. Do they make it in the Pacific, though? Are they one of the top three okay, teams? So Oilers Vegas to me are one and two. So it's three be, threes between Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, San Jose, Anaheim, Minnesota. Anaheim, oh, what's the last team? Who um, cares? Um, <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> Edmonton, Calgary, Seattle, Vancouver. Did you say Vancouver? San Jose, Anaheim, LA. Those LA. Are, I don't even know who I missed, but I think LA is trending in the right direction. San Jose is still cap strapped. Anaheim sucks. Vancouver. I don't even know, but pray for their health. Calgary is trending. Who even knows at this point? They need to do some. I don't know. Basically, everyone is just kind of in purgatory right now. So I can see Seattle. Okay, even I want. You know what would be kind of funny? Pacific Division next year is like Oilers win the division, and then we have Seattle Vegas as the two and three seeds for a playoff series. That'd be kind of fun. So. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Seattle's, Seattle gets third in the Pacific next year. Okay. Led I, there by like Robin Lehner in that <laughs> and Georgiev. Like I, I'm gonna say no. Um just, <laughs> just because like I would say yes, because the Pacific is gonna be horrible next year. But I think GMs around the NHL have kind of learned their lesson with the Vegas expansion draft um, mm-hmm. because a lot of teams got fleeced. Yeah, not us though. We just lost Griffin Reinhardt <laughs> and gave up nothing. They just willingly took Griffin <laughs> Reinhardt, and yeah, they left not, us. They left us like Benning and Kara, and <laughs> not even like we'll give you this if you take <laughs> Griffin Reinhardt. Like just straight up, yeah. they. Well, I think what happened that what happened that year, Ethan, is that McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nurse were still on ELCs. Nurse was protected, but like McDavid and Drysaddle were like going to like their third year. They, I think yeah. they were autoed. I think at least McDavid was autoed. McDavid was for sure. Um, yeah, which is funny. But anyways, um, like I think GMs have learn their lesson in terms of expansion drafts. And I think that like for that, for that third spot, I think Anaheim's going to be better next year. Um, I think Arizona is going to compete for it. Like I just, they're in the central, bud. Arizona's in the central. Yeah. Okay. So. And Chicago, when they get back Doc and Taves, they're going to be competing. But again, central. Calgary. No. Vancouver. No, no, they're not Ryan. Have you watched them play hockey this year? 
They beat us five nothing. But like, what, yeah, we beat them? How, how bad did we beat them? Like seven one, like seven seven something. We scored seven goals against them twice this year, I think. Exactly. Um, okay. But yeah, they, Cal- right. I think Calgary has a solid chance. If you were to tell me right now, Seattle does not make the playoffs, I would put Calgary in the third spot. Not because they're good, but because I think that there's going to be. No, I think almost default, but also by the fact that I think this offseason is going to be wild for them. I think they're going to do something wild, and it might just work out. I think Brad Treliving is a moron, so I disagree. No, I'm talking he's going to be out. Sutter is oh. now GM and coach, and Sutter trades Goudreau <laughs> for, like, everything. Drew Doughty. Oh, my God. They get, like, connecting and Doughty, and I don't even know. Like He just he brings a band back together from, like, what was it, 2014 when they won the Cup? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Carter's UFA. Hey. Calgary, hey, you, need a, hey. you need a line two center. <laughs> oh my god. That's such a weird one. Carter going like C- Carter's been in LA for so long, I forgot he even existed. So the fact that he's now in Pittsburgh is kind of weird. Wait, what he's in Pittsburgh? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's okay. Yeah, because um, last year, last year Pittsburgh's Patrick Marlowe experiment didn't work, so they went and got Carter because that's even worse. Also, Patrick Marlowe tonight going to tie Gordy Howe's record, which is kind of exciting for him. Interesting thing I saw on Twitter on the Patrick Marlowe thing. Yeah. Um, so the current record most games played in the NHL is held by Gordy Howe, obviously. Yeah. The, yep. the most interesting man in hockey. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Gordy Howe, when he re- stopped playing in the NHL, was still a pretty serviceable NHL player. Yeah, like, I'm he just, was good the whole time. I'm just going to pull up his uh, stats here real quick. Um, this is, by the way, I saw this from Jay Fresh on Twitter. Um, he was talking about this, so shout out to him. So his final NHL season was in 1979-80. Holy crap. Okay. But, like, that wasn't really his... This was he was playing in Hartford for a couple years, and they moved to the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 80 games. He had 41 points. So, still serviceable. Absolutely. His final, his actual final NHL season was in 1971. He scored 52 points in 63 games. Holy smokes. That was before the scoring explosion. So, I like, I think, yeah, that season, 52 and 63 is obviously much better than 41 and 80, yeah. especially when you consider that that was in 1980. Um Patrick Marlowe, first of all, was is invisible nowadays. At no point in his career could he ever touch Gordie Howe or even come close to touching him. So that's its own thing. But like he's not he's not an NHL player anymore. Like he's that's fair. There he's in is he in San Jose now? I don't even yeah, yeah he's okay. there. So the Sharks. He's like, he's he's only played like 170 games, not in San Jose. Like out of his 1700. The the reason he's getting a shot at the record is a because the Sharks are horrible and they need bodies. 
And two, yeah, because he's getting Old man a, respect, man. He's getting a shot at the record to strictly to get a shot at the record, not because he's actually helping the team in any way. Yeah, and if he was on if he was on a different team, I don't know if it would even happen. He might be scratched or waived, right? So it's it's San Jose. It's like he's been their captain, he's been there forever. It's seniority thing. And he's absolutely still a respectable player. And I think if you look at guys who have played a ton of games, not all of them were always dominant. And Patrick Marlowe is not even close to dominant anymore. He's he's a taxi squad guy at this point, but good for him for playing that many games. So like my question is. Um, by the way, so far this season, eight points in 43 games. And also 0% owned on Yahoo Fantasy. <laughs> um, <laughs> his his relative Corsi is minus two on the Sharks. Ouch. So even, even with shitty teammates, he's worse than his teammates. So... Yeah. My, he, I mean, my question is, right, my, my, my question is, am I being a crotchety old man? Like, am I just being mean or? I mean, it depends what your intentions are with saying all this. Like, are you saying? That... I'm saying he shouldn't have a shot at breaking the record. Like, he should not be given this opportunity. Because hmm. most games played by a professional hockey player is a pretty substantial record. Okay. We're not talking about highest career plus minus. Like. Yeah the most games played ever should mean that you were a productive NHL player for the longest amount of time. Should it not? That is fair. But games played isn't like, I mean, you could go like most points per game for players played over 1500. Like, I don't know to say that he shouldn't have a shot to me. That's borscht. I feel like, I feel like that <laughs> if you play that many games, like even just staying in the NHL for that long is hard to do. And yeah, I understand that right now he's on life support and probably shouldn't be in the NHL. Um, but like up until even last year, like even like his, his third year in Toronto, he was still good. Like he had 10 goals. He had 11 goals last year still. Like I, I think he deserves every chance to break that record. Like people are going to look at it and be like, Marlowe won how to, and everyone's going to know that Gordy Howe's better, but Patrick Marlowe is no bum. This isn't like some guy who's just been riding third no, line. No, you're like, right. Matt, Matt, Matt Coolen. Matt Coolen's a good example. He's played over a thousand games. Who? He's never even been a top six forward. I don't but know like, who that is. He's that, played a thousand games. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. And that's my, that's my thing with Patrick Marlowe. Good for him. He's not been a bum. This guy put up 80 points. 70 points, 60 points, okay, 71 I'm, points, 86 not, points. Ryan, I'm he, not I'm not saying he was a bum. I'm saying he is a bum right now. He which, is a bum right now. Which that's just age. It hap- it literally happens to the best of us and the worst of us. It happens to everybody. At some yeah. point, age catches up with you. I'm not trying to diminish the career of Patrick Marlowe because he has been a very good player in the NHL for a long time. But like you said it yourself, playing in the staying in the NHL is hard, and yeah. it should be hard. It's the best league in the world. Yeah, unless you're Chris Russell and you block shots. But the Sharks are making it easy for Patrick Marlowe because and he, I think you you can't look at him and tell me that he should be playing every night this year. Like if we if we throw out, he's going for the record. He should not be playing every night. It's just absolutely not. I do agree, but I feel like the fact that. You said that the Sharks are making it easy for him to break the record. I think. Sorry, I. 
no, that was a I poor choice of words. It was I, a poor choice of words. They're giving him the opportunity. He hasn't earned the opportunity, but he's getting the opportunity anyways. I think he is not currently deserving of the opportunity just based on a good NHL player standard, but I would do, I think he is very, very deserving because of the past, specifically with the Sharks. Now, I, I, I can argue forever that what you've done in the past shouldn't matter now. And if you're a coach and what people, what someone did in 2006 is still matters to you now, it shouldn't matter. That's how, that's how stuff like, garbage like Chris Russell playing over Bouchard happens. Or Daryl Sutter like, coaching the Flames. That's, yeah. You have to get your head out of the past at some point, and I, I would definitely advocate for that, but I don't know. I feel like Marlowe is one of those guys that he is just the dad of the league. I, I, I feel like Marlowe is one of the guys that I am totally rooting for him. I hope he gets four more points this season so we can break 1,200 points too, right? Like He's a guy that like like I said, this isn't like a bum who's just been – I feel like the, the Sharks, it's kind of giving back to the Sharks in a way. Like, Patrick Marlowe was over a point per game for the Sharks for, like, an entire decade, right? And now he is so far under a point per game, but they're giving him back the games now, right? And um, I I like it. I, I like when records are broken in my lifetime. Um, so, so you think I'm being – you think I'm being cranky about this then? I I think that what you're saying is completely valid. I just don't care because it's Patrick Marlowe. Okay. Yeah. And I think and, that he has deserved it. Again, like I like Patrick Marlowe. He's yeah. been he's again, he's been a very good player for like if he was playing every night and he was like a hundred games away from the record instead yeah. of one game away from the record. Yeah. Then we wouldn't even be talking about this. Like I would, I, exactly. I would probably have no problem with that. I think it's just like, it, it's one of those things that um, it, it's a record that's like very much associated with a certain player. Yeah. Like it's the Gordy Howe record. Like Mark think- Messier was 13 away, called Gordy Howe and said, your record's safe. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like that is mad respect because and I totally understand if someone's slightly put off at the fact that Patrick Marlowe is being gifted this record despite not being a serviceable replacement NHLer yeah. when Messier Messier probably had about 13 games in him. I don't know what his health was like, but Messier called how and said, "Yo, you have it. Gordy Howe passes away. And now his record that has been his record that if if. <laughs> It'll be really funny if suddenly WHJ totals count and then no one's even close to how Ovechkin has well, no chance of catching you, you Gretzky. Know, like as, as soon as Ovechkin gets close to Gretzky, they're they're going to do that. So, um, but <laughs> kind of like, we're, we're, I, 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 I don't understand know about, being slightly put off by it. I do. I don't know about you. Maybe this is just me, but like when I think about <laughs> certain like all time greats of hockey. They all have something that com- pops into my mind. Like when I think Gordy Howe, I think, oh, he's the dude that played when he was 50, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he the was, old man, He dude. was the Iron Man, right? He, he yeah, was just absolutely. a workhorse that played a bunch of games in addition to be being one of the top five players to ever play the game. When you think about Wayne Gretzky, absolutely. like when, when I hear the name Wayne Gretzky, I immediately think, oh, best player that ever lived. He has more goals, more assists than anybody. He has right? more assists than anyone he has, has points, you know, more goals exactly. than anyone right now. Yeah. So 
I'm trying to take like Martin Broder won more games yeah. than any other goalie ever. You know, it's just and one Ethan, of those. I think one thing that is like, let's pretend for a second that we are recording here, however many months from now, and Ovechkin absolutely sucks and is three goals away from Gretzky. Is it the same conversation? I don't think so. And that's because a goal is something you have to earn. Yeah. A game's played is not. And that's the difference is that like scoring goals is hard. Playing games, yeah, it's hard, but it's really not. Like playing a game is not a hard thing to do, right? Literally. Be on the lineup sheet. You have to get your name on a sheet of paper and you're in, you know? to, To record a games played in the NHL, you have to get one shift. You have to be yeah. on the ice once. I, I Ryan McNeil, cannot stop on skates. I could have an NHL games played. There's no way I'm scoring a goal. <laughs> right? Like, just put me out. Put me out on the left wing, right by the bench. I'll be there. I'll watch the face off, and I'll just turn around exactly. slowly to go back to the – I'll put up my stick, and, and backup goalie can pull me back to the bench. <laughs> exactly. And I have the games played. One you know? second of ice time. That's all you need. Um, exactly. And, so, like, a, another one that comes to mind is, like, Dominic Hasek, highest career save percentage, right? Um, That's hard to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I just – again – So, I, I totally I, understand. It, I, hate, yeah. I hate being this guy because – it should be a, you know, a, a celebration of an achievement, not like it. I feel like it's diminished. Not an asterisk. Right? It does. Yeah, yeah. That's what that, it feels it, like. It, it feels like an totally, asterisk. That's fair. So, I mean, when a guy has been a dominant NHL force for 1,600 games, I don't care if he makes it to 1,800 when he's not anymore. Like that, you know, that's kind of my perspective on it. I like records being broken in my lifetime. I can remember. This is something I'm at an age where I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember. I'm I'm probably going to tune in to watch some of Marlowe's last game or not last game record breaking game. His last game might be later this year. I would assume he retires. I don't know. We'll see. But so yeah. going back to your earlier point, uh, Mark Messier's last season was in 2004. He played, yeah. he played 76 games. So he came to what? 13 away from how? 82 minus so he he would have to play another season to break the record. Would he? I, yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would. He needed more. Um but my he was point was 12. He was according according to Wikipedia he was 12 back of how. So yeah, like he, he only had uh math. Ooh. He only had 6 games left Ethan, in the I have season. A pop quiz, quiz. Yeah. So he couldn't have hit it. So my point that I wanted to bring also, up. Ethan, I, Ethan, no, I mean, no, I'm going first. My point that I wanted to bring up is that in those 76 <laughs> games, he scored 43 points yeah. in the dead puck era. So like Mark Messier was yeah. still very much a serviceable NHL player. Even if Canucks fans hate him. Yeah. On a, on a solid team. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, yeah, they that's, won that's totally the Canucks fair. won the division that year. Yep. Okay, it, your pop yeah, quiz so question. I totally understand anything that it, Yeah, pop pop quiz question. Who is the NHL's leading games played guy who has only ever played an NHL game for one team? Oh. Cuz Gordie like- Howe obviously Detroit Hartford, so it's not him, but then who who is it? 
Is it? I I remember hearing this question before. Yeah. Um, I might be totally off. Like, there's a mm-hmm. good chance that this is not even close to the right answer. Is it Ted Lindsay? He's. It's not. Okay. But see. Ethan, what I will tell you is that in the top 21 for like rec- like the top 21 for all time games played, the only three players who have only ever played for one team have all only played for Detroit. Wait, it's Gordy Howe, isn't it? Howe played for Hartford, man. So, okay. So we're talking about games played leaders, n- not not most games played for one team. No, but most, most games, games play total. Oh, okay. Who only who have all their games for one team? Because like technically he only played one season for Hartford. So exactly okay, one and Marl's only played 180 games with not San Jose. One one team. All three are Detroit. So it's someone from Detroit who played yeah. a lot of games. 13th all time, 16th all time, and 21st all time have all only played for Detroit. Everyone else has played for more than one team on this. Matt Coolin played. Matt Coolin's ranked 20th. He played Anaheim, Florida, Carolina, the Rangers, Ottawa, Minnesota, Nashville, Pittsburgh. He's been everywhere. Okay, I'm. I I have a couple of names in my head. I'm okay. thinking. I have a particular era in mind. That's totally fair. You're probably right on that. I'm thinking like Stevie Y, Nick Lidstrom, Chris. No, not Chris Chelios. Um, Henrik Zetterberg. Like, am I in the right era? You just said to me, Lindstrom, Iserman, Zetterberg. Yeah. Iserman is ranked 21st. Lindstrom is the correct answer, ranked 13th. It's Lindstrom, hey? Yeah. Alex Delvecchio is ranked 16th, having only played for Detroit as well. Wow. Alex, Detroit that's... holds on to their shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, those three guys plus Howe, who only played one year not in Detroit, Detroit holds on to their guys. Which is why uh, Tyson Berry is going to get an eight-year extension this year. Because Kenny Holland, boys. Which is why we're going to keep Nuge forever, please. My poor concussed child. Get soon. So injury news from, from the Oilers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins now has a concussion. Not now. Had one. Ha- and then they didn't always, say anything about always it. Always had a concussion, but we're now learning about said concussion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and now Gaetan Haas is a line two center. I would love to see a line of like Nuge Haas and either and Jesse, either Yamamoto or Puliarvi. Like my Twitter header as a think line. About it, think about it. If you had Nuge Haas and sure, let's say Puliarvi. Okay, those are three really good players. My yes, boys. Ryan. Yes, I, people can see your Twitter header on Twitter. That's the point of a header. <laughs> like three really good players, but three really good defensive players. Like the that would just be such a fun line because we would it. we would never get scored on, but those yeah. guys can all put the puck in the net. Yeah. So I the Oilers. Like, hey, Guerrero, home run! The, wow, really? Yeah. So it's four nothing now. Shout out Blue Jays for coming to play today, which is good because they're playing two games today. So hopefully it'll yeah it'll carry over to the That's next. So game. baseball's so wild, man. Two games in a day. 
Like, honestly, but, if the Canucks want to hit 56, you got to start doing that. Yeah, but uh, the Canucks only play two period games. Oh, my God. Because they're playing seven <laughs> inning double headers. They play, they play five 10 minute periods. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new one. I should do Base, that. Baseball is whack. There's just, baseball be whack, yo. Like, literally, this is what I tell people. Um, baseball is the funniest sport. Like if you're a big <laughs> if you're a big fan of comedy, um, go baseball and just people being weird. Baseball is your game. Like you don't even have to like baseball. It's just a fun. Like <laughs> baseball out of context, my favorite Twitter account. Yeah, I it's just it. hockey out of context is pretty funny too because you get some like hockey's very similar in that just a bunch of weird shit happens that <laughs> makes no sense. Um, but, but yeah, baseball is, baseball is good for that. So I want to talk a little bit more about Dmitry Kulikov because I feel like we didn't really talk about the man behind the thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I pulled up some stats. Uh, if you don't like the fancies, oh, I totally, I closed the tab. You moron. I have his hockey DB open right now. Okay, read read off some numbers for me from his hockey DB. All right. So hockey DB, his um plus minus has been terrible, but he's only ever really been in bad teams. Um Ryan, and- did you seriously just start with his plus minus? Yes, I did. Fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, so Dmitry Kulikov, he's played 715 games, so he's very experienced, which I think means he might actually get in the lineup. Um <laughs> He also played for Russia at the World Juniors, putting up four assists in 2009. Um, he doesn't really score. He has 35 goals, 137 assists. Um, but really, what you what what you're getting with this guy is is a pretty nice haircut. Um, obviously, he uh, was part of the Mark Pesic trade back in the day. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. So um, there's a local connection there. There is. He also <laughs> had two assists in only four Winnipeg Jets playoff games in 1920. Hmm. Last year, he had two assists in the play-in against the Flames. He's a Flames killer, as they say. Oh, I like that. I, I <laughs> like that very much. Um, so Also, he had a wicked snipe on Cam Talbot a little while ago as well. I remember that. That was a good shot. <laughs> Okay, so his only I, goal for the Jets ever. I'm not, taking a look. Exaggeration. <laughs> taking a look at naturalstattrick.com, um, the official analytics provider of Yeg Sports. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Um, I'm taking a look at the curious. So New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, I got to click on his name now. Okay, so this season, basically, I would describe it as um, low event and also yeah. very unlucky. Um, his PDO this year is 0.97, which is quite low. Um, his Corsi, his Fenwick, his expected goals are all above 50% but his actual goals for percentage is 43%. So like, I think it's just a combination of goaltending in New Jersey has been uh, 
remarkably inconsistent this year. Mackenzie yeah. Blackwood has had stretches where he looks like the second coming of Jacques Plant, and then some other stretches where he looks like the second coming of Victor Jonas Ross. Gustafson. <laughs> um, also, he's been dealing with injuries. Um, who's their and backup? The Devils. Who's their backup in New Jersey? Wedgwood, man. Wedgwood. Blackwood, right. Wedgwood, the Wood Buddies. Right. And they also have, uh, what, Miles Wood? They do have Miles Wood. It was going to be Corey Crawford, but, but that memes. didn't happen. <laughs> um, so, and also, yeah, I haven't even mentioned that the Devils are a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> Especially against Shesterkin, am I right? <laughs> so, like, since Kulikov left, they barely even scored a goal. Kulikov has been a very good player who has underperformed because he's on a bad team. Um, he's, he's a defenseman. He's good at did, what he do. Did, did you read his point totals this year? This year? Yeah. He just has two assists. Two assists? Okay. What, what, what did he do last year? Two goals, eight assists in Winnipeg. So basically when Kulikov's on the ice, it's going to be like boring hockey. Which is why I want to put him with Barry to really calm that down. I like that. But, I like that. Put nurse, suggestion. put nurse back with Bear. Yep. Right. Go second pairing Jones Larson. That's Jones Larson. I trust that pairing. Also, they can both pass. Holy crap! Thing is, Jones Larson, because they played together at the start of the season and were awful. Yeah. Um, like both individually, they were both uncharacter uncharacteristically bad. Yeah. Um, like I remember Adam Larson first couple of games against the Canucks was just horrible. And that's partly the reason why Oilers fans are so hard on him this year is because he Sorry, started off bad. Didn't have a very good first impression, yeah. but this season Larson's been classic Adam Larson. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, put... you know how high I am on Adam Larson and then oh, yeah. Seth Jones, or I keep fucking doing that. <laughs> Caleb Jones. <laughs> Um, has been when he's played. I think same thing has been pretty low event. Like not much yeah. happens. Um, yeah. which the Oilers' defense needs a little bit of that. Um, Especially with Mike Smith being so high event. <laughs> Honestly, he's our I, starter now. If I could describe Mike Smith in one word, it would be well, one hyphenated word. It would be high event. That's um, fair. <laughs> So I like like Nurse Bear. That's your that like now and in the future. That's your number one pairing. Those are your going to be your two best defensemen. I think. Yeah. Um, if, if we're talking about the future, Broberg Bouchard is going to be kind of the the pairing of the future. Um, yeah. That's probably going to be your second pair. And I um, want to have Clefbaum Larson here until they retire as well. Clefbaum Larson for sure, and then that means Jones and. Well, Jones is your seventh defenseman, which I like for right now. I think there is some work to be done with Caleb Jones. I think he's kind of regressed a little bit from last season, but last season was just for a player of his age was just stupid good. Yeah. Right? So I'm fine with a little regression this year um, because I believe he's going to, he's going to really bounce back next year. That's just how defenseman prospects usually work. Right. He's going to, he's not going to be here next year, man. <laughs> I just I feel like when Kulikov and Kuku Slater Cuckoo skating, so we're gonna get Kulikov Kuku, and Krussel, and Jones is gonna be done. 
That's that's his career as an Oiler. He's going to go somewhere else and be the hey, best. But I think Ken Holland really likes Caleb Jones. The problem is Ken Holland doesn't make the lineups. I think that's the issue that's, here. That is the issue. Because I, I don't know. What, is, Ethan, where are you at on, on Chris Russell right now? You know I like Chris Russell, but he just like, – He's not a top there's six no, There's no room for him. Yeah. I think I think Chris Russell could be a third pairing defenseman, but not on this stacked team. N- not for the Oilers. I just yeah. and it's like Chris Russell. I think he could be our seventh defenseman, but the problem is we have three other guys who could be our seventh defenseman, and also and three guys who are injured, <laughs> and and also for whatever reason, Dave Tippett seems to think that he's. The second coming of who's a good defensive defenseman? Charlie Huddy. Yeah. He thinks that Chris Russell is Charlie Huddy 2.0, which I do not understand. Chris Russell is close to breaking the all-time shots blocked record from Brent Seabrook. Cause yay. Do, do you think do you think it's a Patrick Marlowe situation where they're just like, go get the record and then we'll stop playing you? Well then put him in net. <laughs> she wanted to block shots, put him in net, and then Mike Smith can fill in for Nuge. Am I nuts? Mike Are Smith. You tell me that I'm wrong. Mike Smith can run the point on the second power play. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Ethan, Ethan, I want you to tell me right now. How many minutes did Chris Russell play in our 5 nothing loss to Calgary last Saturday? And uh, why was it more than Darnell Nurse? <laughs> wait, That's okay. what? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite. Darnell Nurse played 23 minutes. Chris Russell played 22. What the fuck? How does that happen? Ethan Bear played 17. Connor McDavid only played 21 minutes and Russell played 22. It's Russell, who is the seventh or eighth best defenseman on the team. Is this play- team's fully healthy. He's number nine. You know it this. He's playing more than the best player the NHL has seen since Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Like, oh my lord. <sighs> God put Dave Tippett on this earth strictly to test my patience. <laughs> and it is wearing thin. When For me, when everyone's healthy, Russell's literally our nine. Nine. Who do, you have, who do you have ahead of him? Nurse, Bear, Jones, Larson, Bouchard, Cuckoo, Kulikov, Barry. Oh, Kulikov. Yeah. Yeah, I'm including. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not putting Theo Langstrom, who hasn't th- done it. Like, I thought you were gonna, say, I thought you were gonna say Lajeson, but oh, I forgot about Lajeson. He's been he regressed. I don't know, maybe. No, I, I, I think, I think Russell's better than like I Lajeson's a weird one. I, I think, think he's better than I don't know. Cuckoo started off the season really good, but like then he got hurt uh, before his injury, he was still getting mad. Cave and he was getting caved on so many plays. Like, oh yeah, he was regressing as and, well. And Chris Russell again is Charlie Huddy incarnate. Oh, he he blocked shots. See, this is the problem when you don't have stats to measure defensemen. 
you start using what stats you do have. Plus minus block shots. <laughs> <laughs> Secondary assists. Do you think? Do you think? Do you they, think we have an analytics team? No, I don't. <laughs> no, obviously not. The, the Oilers analytics. Hire Megan freaking Cheka. What's she up to? The Oilers probably doing actual important stuff with her life. Um, the Oilers analytics department is literally a bunch of teenagers on Twitter. <laughs> that is the Oilers analytics department. And no one listens to them. Because everyone hates their guts for some reason. Like, they, Jason Greger is constantly, like, calling them names on Twitter. And like, it's bad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like the Oilers analytics department is just the teens on Twitter. It is. It's it's it literally Cos- is. It's, it's Sid. It's um. Who are the other guys? Ardnick Oil. Right. Um. There's. I. I follow all of them. I should know their names. But like they post really good stuff. Even Costco that I to an extent when he's in being a goof. <laughs> but like, but like Sid, he's actually like writing legit articles now. Like he and has he's younger than us, from as far had, as I understand. Oh yeah, he's way more popular than we are. So, like, why are you even fucking listening to us? My question was: Do you think Dave Tippett knows what the word "corsi" means and the no, etymology Corsi. of the term no. "corsi"? No, he knows "corsi." He knows "corsi." He's just wondering what like war stands for. You know, he's I don't wondering, think he... he's wondering what war is good for. Yeah. <laughs> He's also wondering, like, in CF percentage and GF percentage, like, like, what is is it like percentage of getting a girlfriend? Is is GF percentage? I I know it's goals for share, but maybe he thinks that like it's about players likelihood of getting a girlfriend. That's why you know goals. McDavid and Yessies are so high. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think he knows Corsi. Like, does 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 he know that Corsi's not like an acronym? It's well, well, you know, because Tyson Berry's na- Corsi is insane. Because he is it really Tyson Because Be- Tyson Berry just shoot attempts all the time. Yeah, it's that's fair. Like he'll literally shoot it from anywhere. He'll get the yeah. puck on the center red line and shoot it from there. It's ridiculous. And then he won't hit the net, or he like, might hit the net right in the right in the crest for the goalie's chest. What one of the most frustrating things the Oilers have done in the power play this season is I'm yelling at the TV for them to shoot the puck. Because they do that thing where they where they pass it around in a U shape. Yeah. Right. It's it's a V, but yeah. You well, it goes up and across and back down. Yeah. Anyways, so they pass it in the U shape, and I'm yelling at my TV for them to shoot the puck. And then Tyson Berry does shoot the puck, but he does it right from the fucking blue line instead of walking in to the top yeah. of the circles where he should be shooting the puck from. Like it, he's shooting the part well, from that far away. Shayson, but Shayson's not a tipper. Shayson is a block the goalie's eyesight guy. Shayson's not a tipper. He only tips ten percent. What an asshole! <laughs> not so, even that much. But yeah, I, I I can definitely see how Barry's Corsi is is pretty high. Um, well, I mean, I think his Corsi four is really high, but so is his Corsi against. So. So what's his what's his percentage? I have no idea. I'm kind of looking at fish fish cards right now. So okay. <laughs> um. Anyth- oh, we got. We should probably talk about the uh, postponements of the of the hockey's. Oh yeah, those things happened. Lol. So, do you think NHL made the right call? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that like, controversial. Yeah, 
yeah, like the Oilers are going to have to play a ton of games in a short period of time right before the playoffs. So is everybody else. I mean, like, I, yeah, whatever. I'd rather, I want to play those games against the Canucks because I like consuming hockey and I think that we can beat the Canucks. I so also, I I also like collecting points. Yeah, holy shit, that too. Um, so Tyson Berry can get that extension, man. The re- the reason I wanted to talk about the postponement because again it's not the- most people agree that the like they shouldn't have played that game and they didn't so credit goes to the NHL for yeah. finally realizing that hey maybe we shouldn't make twenty guys who haven't done any physical activity in the last two weeks yeah maybe we shouldn't force them to go out and play a professional hockey game because someone's going to get one practice day someone's going to get very much hurt. Yeah. Um. And and we're not even talking about the COVID exposure risks, right? No. So, the but the the reason I wanted to bring this up is because there have been a, a few incidents in the last week. We talked about the Oilers playing, um, the day of Colby Cave's celebration of life. Um, there's been a few events like that in the last couple of weeks. Um, the NHL almost making the Canucks play. So my question is, what the hell do they have a players association for? Like, isn't that the kind of thing that they're supposed to prevent? Uh, I mean, what does the PA do other than that? You know, like squabble around around hockey related revenue every couple of years. Like if the the NHLPA has to do things that aren't just involving player money. You have to exactly. consider you have to consider player health, player mental well-being, player just does this make any freaking sense? That's a, that's a hyphen. That's all hyphenated word by the way. Okay. Um yeah, so like like National Pay does a good job of looking out for the players to make sure that they get fair contracts and like but like get that's paid it. for their shit, but yeah. Like they don't they want the like players association the A should stand for accountants. The player accountants, <laughs> they make sure that the money gets to the money of the peoples, but they really don't do anything other than that. Like, cause the play, it's a union. It's a union for hockey players. It is a labor union for people who play professional hockey. This is the kind of shit that unions are supposed to prevent. Okay. Like this is the reason that Amazon doesn't want its workers to unionize because if they unionize, that means <laughs> that means Amazon has to stop committing human rights violations and they don't want to do that. Yeah. Like I just, I, I don't like literally what, what is your job? <laughs> no, seriously. What are you doing right now? There's no labor. Ne- there's no labor negotiations happening, so I can only assume that you're sitting on your ass playing NHL <laughs> or listening to podcasts. Like or listening, cool listening to our great podcast here. Um, which, if there are any people um, from the NHL PA that are listening right now, um, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I just, I don't, like, okay, yeah, the NHL is stupid for making these decisions, but at some point, the, I just, I don't understand. Maybe it's because, like, the, each team has a rep at the Players Association, right? Do you know who yeah. the Oilers rep is? No idea. I can look it up, though. 
I think it's like Oilers, Nurse or McDavid. NHL, PA. I think it's McDavid, actually. Is it McDavid? Darnell Nurse. Yeah, yeah Darnell Nurse. Nurse. Yeah. Okay. Devin Dubnik's still a Minnesota Wild one. What? <laughs> Awkward. Oh, no. Okay. It, yeah, the, the alternate's Ryan Suter. Okay. He's so, probably taking over now. But. Do, do we have an alternate? Says NA, but I assume it's McDavid. It says NA right now, though. I feel like McDavid's often involved with PA stuff. Yeah. But, like, the only thing I can assume is that, like, obviously the player reps are too busy to deal with any of this because they're playing more hockey in a shorter time period than they ever have in their lives. Right? Yeah. They're busy. <laughs> Matt, you could chuck the alternate for the Flames. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, obviously – the player reps are probably too busy to do anything. So they, like they can't lobby the NHL because they're playing every other night. Right. Yeah. 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 So, but there is an executive of the players union that isn't made up of hockey players. From what I understand, I'm not a labor lawyer, so I don't know exactly how these things work. The Canucks do not have a representative. They have an alternate. The alternate's Horvat, but they don't even underneath the actual representative, the main slot, it says NA, which is interesting. Why is your face so close to your computer right now? I'm reading on my tiny <laughs> I have my zoom huge, my other tab is really small. So I'm looking at my other tiny little tab like to read you, this off. Do to you, you need glasses? Jeez. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um what was I saying? <laughs> Oh yeah, PA labor bad. union. So PA bad. Like it's got to be on the executive that is not made up of players to look at this and say, "Oh, the guys that we're supposed to represent are yeah. kind of getting the shaft here. Maybe we should do something about it." Mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to get like a former player on the podcast who is involved with the PA to kind of yeah give us Please, a lowdown on how these things work. Yeah. Hmm. Um, other other news happenings in uh, Edmonton sports: the Memorial Cup is canceled this year. Um, Oil Kings robbed. So yeah, the, we should just declare the Oil Kings champions, right? Like, I okay. I'm not mad at the CHL. This is absolutely the right decision, considering the OHL hasn't even had a season. Yeah. Okay. The QMJHL has been trying. It's been a rocky road. Not the ice cream. Actual, like it's been very hard for them to get off the ground. Like the WHL is the only league of the three that's had a relatively smooth season. Yeah. In terms of like, I don't think they've had to postpone any games. Um, they've had very few COVID exposures. Yeah, it's been lucky. Like even even the AJ has been plagued, but like yeah, the, the Dubs been good. They've been doing good. So I I'm mad that for the second year in a row, a very good Oil Kings team isn't gonna have a chance to play for a title. Which yeah. like if if we were talking about the NHL, I would be less pissed because. Like the average NHL career is a bit longer than the average junior career. Yeah, because junior, you, there's literally an age limit on it. Yeah, because you can only play four seasons in the CHL. Yeah. So, like last year, we lost. Who graduated Moshkiavo, last year? Fix Wolanski. 
Uh, Alice Strav, he's no longer yep. with the team. The, the, these are all very good players that the Royal Kings just didn't have. And now that same process is going to happen again and with nothing to show for it, right? And Neighbors is probably, Neighbors, you'd think is going to be gone. Robertson's gone for sure. Gunther probably comes back. Um, Casa, Casa will be back. Um, but like the team is gonna gonna be a bit thinner. So your um your your oldest players, I, I have the roster up here. Players that you're probably gonna lose next year. Uh Oliver Cade, he's tw- he's a 20-year-old. Uh Scott Atkinson, he's a 20-year-old. Liam Keeler, that's a big one. Oh, I like Keeler. Um, he's he's one of those glue guys. Josh Williams is another player who's like like good luck replacing him, right? Yeah. Um, and then Carter Such is is the other guy. And then apart from that, um, I'm looking at a couple of these 2002s. Uh, Tyler Horstman, which I mean, no offense, but that that's not as big of a loss. Brendan Cooney, Jake Neighbors is the big one. Uh, Jake Neighbors is not going to be a member of the Oil Kings next year. He's I don't think I'm, I don't exactly know how the overage rules work, but if he's not, he's probably in what's the blues farm. Is it still Peoria? I don't know. Yeah. Um, He'll probably be there. Yeah. If he's not, if, if he doesn't make the blues, he's going to be in the American league. So that's, that one's huge um, because he's honestly, he's your best player right now. All around, yeah, maybe. He, he is the Trey Fitz, Fix Wolanski of this team, right? Yeah, or before that, the Curtis Lazar, he was pretty good. Mark, 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 probably Mark Pesic, I think, or Tristan Jari. That That's probably the big one. Um, so, Jake Neighbors and then uh, Jalen Lupin is like, there's this is an old team for a junior for so like it would not surprise me if the Wild Kings take a step back next year. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's a lot of players that you're losing and it's just, it's really sad that a team that is currently 13 and one is not going to get a chance to play for a title. So all they're going to get is like the Alberta division title. Well, that's all you can do. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. The, the WHL hasn't come out and said how or if the playoffs are going to work. So, like, there's still a pretty good chance that they could play for the Edge and Mouth Cup, which mm-hmm. is a very big accomplishment. Like, yeah, the cool. Kings have only ever won it twice in their current um, – What's the word in their current form? Iteration. Iteration. That's the word. So, but again, it's it's the right call. I think that's plague life. Hashtag plague life. I think we found the name for our episode. <laughs> uh, speaking of Edmonton teams getting canceled, uh, and no, it's not because of sexual harassment allegations. It's because of hashtag plague life. Uh, the Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League. Uh, their inaugural season has been pushed back a year. They're pulling out of the WCL season. Another one that I'm bummed about, but I totally get. Mm-hmm. Um, 
basically World's on fire. How about yours? Basically, like a couple of weeks ago, the WCL <laughs> announced that they were adjusting the schedule to eliminate cross-border travel. So the, the five Canadian teams would just play each other. Um, but that didn't solve the other problem facing the Canadian teams, which was a majority of their players play in colleges in the United States. Whoops. So if you can't get them across the border, that might affect your ability to play baseball. They should just get Ethan Baydouza to be their new catcher. Oh, God. Siri, how do you destroy your arm in, like, two weeks? Not do any throwing in, like, a year and then just start playing baseball. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it would be cool, though. I mean, hey, Riverhawks, if you want – uh if you, if you want to play this year, there's, I'm sure we could scrounge together 25. You know some guys, eh? Let's I get know, some baseball I, boys. I know some guys. I know some um, guys. I, has there been anything else canceled lately? I don't think so. That seems like all, unless there's more. Um, I just want to uh, read you this uh, little card I have from okay. the fisheries and oceans Canada for oh, the God. fish, the Chinook. Um, the Chinook has black gums and a heavily spotted tail. It weighs between 1.5 kilograms to 30 kilograms, which 30 kilograms would be a very big fish for this little Chinook. There's five more fish on this card, and maybe next episode I will do another one. Stay tuned to Yeg Sports to hear the next fish on, on Ryan's flashcards. Um, Ryan, do you have a shout-out this week other than fish? Um, Oh, my gosh. I thought of one, like, days ago. I can go first if you want. Yeah, go for it. Go okay. for it. Um, I'm going to shout-out Ryan King, the long snapper for the Double E's baby. Um, Sherwood Park product. Like, basically, his whole football career has been in – and around the Edmonton area, he played um, He played Bantam football in Sherwood Park. He played junior football for the Edmonton Wildcats. Um, he went to college at St. FX in, in Halifax. And then he came back and he played for the Eskimos for like seven or eight years. Um, he announced his retirement within the last couple of days retiring from professional football, which I don't blame him. If you haven't noticed, the CFL is a bit of a gong show right now. Um, it might not even exist anymore. We don't know. We're still waiting on the official announcement. So, but um, yeah, shout out Ryan King. He was a member of the 2015 Grey Cup team. Um, like I said, local product through and through. So uh, happy retirement. And uh, good luck wherever life may take you. I'm going to uh, shout out Dylan Holloway, who has signed his, his entry-level contract with the Oilers. So uh, he's turning pro next year. Next um, year's next year's Rocket Richard winner. Yeah, Dylan okay. Holloway. That'd be funny. Rocket Richard really and Selkie. That'd be hilarious. One day. <laughs> yeah, so Holloway is under contract. Nice. I also want to shout out um, the Coho from the Fisheries and Oceans Canada. How about we do trivia? We can stay tuned for next time when I will talk to you about <laughs> the Coho fish. 
All right, Ethan, are you ready for some trivia? Let's do it. I did no studying, so I'm going to suck, but uh, let's do it. So the topic is recent Oilers trade deadlines. As one just happened on Monday, um, this quiz, yeah, just kind of spans the last 15 years of the folks from the last five years. And we got five questions for you. Um, I have a lifeline for question five. I have a hint for question four. I might just give it to you anyways. Um, but yeah, so let's begin. Question one. At the 2021 trade deadline, the Oilers only made one move, acquiring Dmitry Kulikov in exchange for a pick. Name all the NHL teams that Kulikov has played for before. Can you tell me how many teams? There are four. What? Holy K. So there's uh, Winnipeg and New Jersey. There's two of them. This is question one? Yeah. Let's rewind to earlier when I mentioned that Kulikov was part of the Mark Pesic deal. Does that help? I did say that earlier. Okay, so Mark Pesic went from... Wait, which Mark Pesic trade? Wasn't he traded twice? I think one of them was a signing. Oh, he was signed. Yeah, so... um, I can't remember if he went from... Okay, one of the teams was Florida. So, Florida three out of four. is one of the answers. <laughs> uh, he was traded to Florida, I think. Buffalo? That Buffalo. is correct. Buffalo, baby. Yeah. Shout, yeah. Hang on, another shout-out. Shout-out to Mark Pissick for no other reason than just being an absolute beauty. <laughs> yep. The guy can play defense or forward and be awesome at either one. What can yeah. you do, listener? What can you do? <laughs> Not that. Yeah. All right, question two. Which player did the Oilers recently trade away at two consecutive trade deadlines? Uh, Brandon Davidson? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Davidson. Um, I don't ask me yep. where. <laughs> I can tell you where if you want. Sure, tell me where. Oh, Ethan. So 2017 he was traded to Montreal for DeHarnay. Right. 2018 he was traded to the Islanders for the a third round pick that became Konovalov. Really? Huh. That yeah. That might look Konovalov's like a pretty pick. Brandon Davidson trade tree. That might look like a pretty good trade in a couple years. We got a third for Davison. That seems like a lot. We got Konovalov for Davidson, which seems like a lot, a lot. So pretty soon we're going to have two, not Russian, but two KHL K-name goalies who... Were the Islanders' property at one point, essentially. <laughs> That's a stretch. What but a it's small still funny. world. Yeah. All right. Question three. Do you remember 2006? No. That was an elite trade deadline. I was and, four. <laughs> well, GM Kevin Lowe made a very important addition in Dwayne Rollison right? yep. from Minnesota. I want to know, before we acquired Rollison, what three goalies were we just rotating, hoping oh, someone oh, got I know hot? this. I know this. It was uh, 
Ty Conklin, UC Marketing, and Mike Morrison. That is correct. Bang. Again, so as you can see I was by those four. answers. As you can see by those answers, we really needed Rollison. <laughs> okay. The only reason I know this as well as I do is because NHL 06, Conklin and Markinen were the goalies for Edmonton. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Morrison has just turned into like a meme. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have his, uh, I have Mike Morrison's hockey card for the Growlers. When did he play for the Growlers? Before here, before Oilers. I thought the Growlers were like a new team. Guess not. Maybe it was a different version of the Growlers. Maybe, maybe, yeah. They were yellow, yellow jerseys. Ew. Yeah. All right. Speaking of yellow, two. (laughs) (laughs) That actually worked out. Elite segue. Question four: Two of the Swedish defensemen who are currently on the Oilers roster. We're selected using draft picks that oh, as most players are, but they're using <laughs> draft picks that the Oilers acquired at trade deadlines. Oster Clefbaum's first round pick was received from Los Angeles in 2011, and Will William Lajeson's draft pick was acquired from Minnesota at the 2014 deadline. Is there a Who question? Who did the Oilers give up in these trades? Okay. Yeah. The question is, who did the Oilers give up in the oh trade gosh. that got us the Clefbaum and Lajeson picks? I thought I was going five for five. Whoops. Okay. Um, let's start. <laughs> let's start with Clefbaum. Can you read the Clefbaum part again? Okay. Right. So Clefbaum was a first round pick that we got from the Kings at the 2011 deadline. Do I have to tell you everything we gave up? Um, we only gave up one roster player in each deal. So yes. Okay, okay. 2011, L.A. Was that that Dustin Penner? That was Dustin Penner. Oh, shit. Wait, wasn't the... That wasn't the Ryan Smith trade, was it? No, 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 no. That was way later. That was way later. Yeah. We got got back Clefbaum's pick. We got back a third-round pick that was used on Daniil Zarkov. And we also got Colton Tubert in that deal. Okay, now the other one. You said it was Lenstrom? William Lagesson's fourth round pick acquired from Minnesota at the 2014 trade deadline. Oh, God. Who was even on the team in 2014? <laughs> Minnesota. I'll give you some wrong answers who's on our team. Timu Hardakainen. Oh, fuck. Mark Fistrick, Ben Eager, Eric Boulanger. Those guys were on the Oilers roster in 2014. We were so bad. 2014 <laughs> so bad. Minnesota. Because so I Laddie Schmidt is on the team at that time. Let <laughs> me trade him for Brussois. Because I Kyle Brodziak was a Minnesota trade somewhere. Yeah, that's correct. Th- that, that was the um that was the first um Kyle Brodziak dynasty in Edmonton. The the <laughs> yeah. second, of course, coming later. Also when the Oilers were very bad. <sighs> 2014. Could I like Google the roster? Um, just, just so I, I would I'm... say yes, but because you're 100% so far, I almost want to say no. Uh, but also it is higher stakes. So, hmm. It's Ethan, your quiz. I would give, I'll, 
Ethan, I'm going to put on a 30-second timer. You have until then to Google the roster. Okay. okay? And can I even set 30-second timers? Can I do that? Yes. Okay. Here we go, and we're on. 2014, 2014, 2014. Also, I don't want to distract you, but this is more for the listeners. We traded Kyle Brodziak with a sixth-round pick to Minnesota that became Darcy Kemper. Oh, wait, 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 2014. I know this. I know this. Yeah. 24. It was it was Ilya Brzgalov. You had three seconds left. It was Ilya Brzgalov. That is actually correct. Yes! Yes! Ethan's going for it all. This is, no, this is the legendary Ilya Brzgalov quote. Um, Like, I have the, you know. Yep. That's why it's in the quiz, Ethan. It's Brzgalov. Take back my rental car. Uh, give yep. keys back the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> yes he was trading it and it's like what are you gonna do with your long time episode? it's like give take back rental car <laughs> oh man yeah okay. Ethan, i'm gonna read you the kyle brodzak trade originally it, it, here sorry third shout out today to Ilya briskalov <laughs> for being my yeah. favorite bad player of all time even though at one point he was very good yeah he was so june 27th 2009 kyle brodzak traded from Edmonton with the sixth round pick that became Darcy Kemper to the Minnesota Wild. Are you Wild. serious? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> to the Wild for Kyle Bigos and Olivier Waugh. Wait, Kyle Bigass who? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Ethan, I, thought, okay, I, we... I thought Bigass was just his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, to be fair, we were the only team who completely waved on or blew it on Darcy Kemper. Kemper was drafted by Minnesota, and then he, like, barely ever played. Actually, he played four – he played five years, but backup role. And then he was signed by L.A. in free agency. And then L.A. trades him for Scott Wedgwood and Toby Reader (laughs) to Arizona, where he became God. (laughs) Yeah, It was our sixth-round pick originally. You trace back him as far as you can. It was our 2009-6. To Arizona, where he became God. Uh, all right, Ethan. You, are, you have a chance for your first five out of five performance. But as usual, question five is balls hard. I need ten things from you for this question. I'm going to get um, my whiteboard. Yeah, sure. So I can write um, stuff it, down. It, it's all it's not too hard to write down. But um so Monday was the sixth trade deadline in the Connor McDavid era. Oh god. Ooh. In those six years, the Oilers have acquired 13 players on the deadline, 10 of which have played a game for the Oilers so far. First, I'll play the three that have, and this isn't part of the question. JD Dudek, Justin Fontaine. <laughs> And Dmitry Kulikov have not played a game here. JD Dudek, that was that was the Pat Maroon trade, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Those three guys are not part of the answers because they haven't played a game here yet. Oh god. We also got Adam Clendenning off waivers at the deadline. That wasn't a trade, but yeah, that doesn't count for anything because it was waivers. So yeah, that leaves 10 players who were acquired by the Oilers at the deadline in the Connor McDavid era who have played a game for the Oilers. Your lifeline is I'll tell you the team that we traded with. 
For all of them? For every single one, I'll tell you the team. Okay. And okay, so I'm looking for 10 players that the Oilers have acquired at the deadline that have played at least one game for the Oilers. Yeah. Okay. And they're well, all since they're, they're all since McDavid. Well, I know there's one that played two games for the Oilers, and that was uh, Mike Green. Matt Mike, Green? I don't Mike remember. Green. Yeah. The defense, no, Matt Green was like 2006. Okay. So Green... Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, separate trade, but like basically the same trade was Andreas Athens to you. Yeah. Okay. So that's two. Same deadline. Tyler Ennis. Yep. That's three out of 10. Okay. Now we're getting to the. Okay. Um. So since McDavid has been with the Oilers. Yes. Okay. So the worst trade in that time was. Actually, there's two of them that really stick out. I'm going to start with uh, Drake Kajula for Brandon Manning. Was that a deadline deal? Yes. That was not a deadline deal. Oh, come on. That was like November, bro. Okay, that that doesn't I count. Think. I'm still good, right? Like that doesn't. Your 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 quiz isn't over. Okay. What I will do is I'll just penalize your lifeline. I can only tell you four teams. You have seven left. Okay. 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 Um. Okay. I, Some of them are really hard. So you might I got, need. I gotta be okay. I gotta be smarter about this. <sighs> now I'm trying to think. Was that? No, the Everly trade was an off-season trade. Um, you yeah, you you have six six acquisitions left, six okay. separate trades. Okay, all right. Um, deadline. See, that's yeah. the tricky one because I can name a bunch of trades. Yeah, and they, not all of them were on deadline day, but like yeah, within they were deadline trades. Yeah, they were deadline trades. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I think the furthest one was like before the furthest um, off ones. Yeah, they're all deadline deals for sure. Oh man. Well, you you can tell me the teams, right? You have six left. I can tell you the teams for five of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give give me some teams. All right. So I'm gonna number the trades one, two, three, four, five, six. One being the oldest. Which one do you want the team for first here? Uh, give me oldest to newest. Okay, so that means you that means you won't get the the, the seventh one. The, sorry, the the sixth one you won't get the team for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So number one, Ducks. Anaheim. Okay. Two Montreal. Oh, I know that was uh, David DeHarnay. Yep. Three Flyers. Four Predators, five Canucks. Wait, so we made a trade with the Flyers and it wasn't Brandon Manning? Manning we got from Chicago, bro. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, so I got Montreal. Going five to five here would be insanely impressive because there's some there's some guys fuck. on this list who have barely played. <laughs> Can I like? 
Well, I guess the frame of reference is um, 2016 is the earliest deadline. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Woof. Vancouver. At least it wasn't what did we trade away or all the assets we acquired. Because oh, we, we've been selling. It's just players who've actually how, played a game like, for the Oilers. How many draft picks would we be talking about? I I didn't even bother writing them down, but it was a ton. <laughs> we've got we've we've sold well. We we traded you know freaking Purcell Schultz for picks. Freaking yeah, so many of them for picks. Vancouver. Yeah, and that's the second most recent one that you have left. Shoot, that was that was um. Sam Gagne went one way. I don't remember. Wait. Oh, man. Is it Sam Gagne? That's not my answer. I'm not locking that in. I'm just – was okay. that a deadline? That was, um, like, it, that was the Strom and then Spooner and then Gagne. Oh, fuck. Was it Gagne? Shit. Oh, what deadline was Vancouver? Fuck it. Sam Gagne. Check. Yes. Ryan Spooner at the 2019 deadline. Okay, so that was 2019. So the the sixth one is either 2019 or 2020. Or yes. 2021. That's, but it's not. No, because my 2021, we haven't it's just Kulikov. He hasn't played a game yet, so he's in, he's in here. So you currently have 0.5 out of 10. Oh, man. No, I have 5 out of 10, not 0.5 out of 10. Wait, hold up. Yeah, you, you got me 5, yeah? Yeah. Hold up. Is there is there actually 10 here? <laughs> what the hell? You're only missing 4. You've gotten... What happened to he, my quiz here, bro? It's a farce. It's he's it's rigged. Oh, I think I originally had Kulikov as part of the answer, and I took him out because he hasn't played a game. So there's nine. There's only four more, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, there's only four more who've actually played a game so far. So there's there's nine. Yeah. Total. Okay. That checks out. Nashville. 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 I feel like that's yeah, because yeah, because Justin Fontaine, JD Dudek, Kulikov didn't play a game, and Clendenning was waivers. So there's only four more. I feel like Nashville is when we got Brandon Davidson back, but I'm not locking that in. I'm just seeing how you're reacting, but you got like a really good poker face going. So um oh I just I was just mentioned in a tweet. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to the our friend, the high priest of Oilers Magic. Um <laughs> Okay, so he retweets this tweet where it's thinking of the very clearly 1993 commercial where a bottle of Listerine swung around in the jungle while Tarzan boy played in the background. And High Priest quotes it and just tags me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Trivia. 
four more. Oh man. Oh man. Who did we get from Nashville? Yeah. So we have ducks, flyers, predators, and then the last oh, one, which is, I haven't told you. Oh, wait a minute. Duck, ducks is Pat Maroon. Locking it in? Because that was, yeah, that was after we got, that was 20, like the end of 2016, we got him. And like the Ducks paid half his salary for him to score 30 goals. So yeah, it's Patrick Patrick Maroon. Big rig. It is. It is Patrick Maroon. Fuck yeah, let's go. Okay. Three, Three more. more. Three oh, more deals. And Ethan, these are straight up the hardest ones. <laughs> well, I got, I was going to do some research here to tell you some information, but... uh, Oh, God. This is the most pressure I've ever felt in my life. You were about, you can go five for five here. Shut you up. Are shut up. Man, shut bro. up. Get out of my head. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, deadline trades. Deadline. Who else did we get? So I'm I'm gonna assume like they're not currently on the team. That's a fair assumption. Yeah, because well that is that is true for definitely some of them. I'll tell you minimum that's true for some of them. I hate you so much. Am I allowed to Google the current Oilers roster? Yeah, you can Google the current Oilers okay. roster. Right. Who gives a All shit? Right. Okay. I just mean you haven't memorized. You can Google the current roster, whatever. Well, I just, when I'm <laughs> in like pressure filled situations, my memory can elude me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very forgetful under pressure. Okay. Okay. No, no, that's the signing. He drafted him, drafted him. That was an off season, drafted him, already set him. Off-season signing, draft, off-season. <sighs> the one that kind of confuses me is Zach Cassian. But that was... That was an off-season trade. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was even before... Yeah, Zach, we, we we acquired him the year that we drafted McDavid. Zach Cassian was acquired in the McDavid era in trade, but it was in December for Ben Scrivens. Okay, yeah. Okay, no, drafted him. That was a signing. Kulikov drafted him offseason. I think we drafted Connor McDavid. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He was a deadline deal, man. Deadline deal with uh, the Hartford Wolfpack, bro. James Neal was an offseason trade. Nuge, we drafted. We drafted Nurse. Nygaard was a signing. Pulley we drafted him. Chris Russell. Do you want me to give you, just speed this up and say that he, you're not going to find him on that roster? Okay, so he's not on the current roster. Okay, so that means the trade happened in probably 2019. Are you trying to find the one that's that's between Gagne and, and Mike Green? Yeah. Yeah, with the mystery team? Yeah. Fuck. 
fuck this is oh man this is a hard i'm surprised you've been doing this well like i expected like a three maybe you, you really you, want to go five for five i'm sick of you holding it over my head because that, that quiz was stupid easy you are currently 4.6 oh god you gotta tell me three more names and it's all yours i'm usually really good at question fives my problem is my problem is the first three questions but that's so true that is oh man i'm literally two and three are your killers i'm literally ryan nugent hopkins okay i always suck at the start of the season but then (laughs) i come up clutch when it matters yeah but now it matters and i'm blanking (laughs) Okay, it was probably 2019, so we were we were probably tanking. Oh fuck. I'm like man. The only name that's coming to my head is for the Nashville trade. Who's that? And I think it's Brandon Davidson, but I'm not locking that in. I'm just like, so okay, you have you have four trades left, right? No, I have three. No, sorry, three. Yeah, Yeah. I've got to check off Maroon here. Yeah, so three trades left: Flyers, Preds, and then a 2019 deal. And um, what if I threw in this? What if I told you one of these deals was a three-way deal? No, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> doesn't help? Wait, well, Na- one of them was a three-way deal. The Nashville was a three-way deal, wasn't it? I I remember a three-way deal with Nashville for some reason. Maybe I'm thinking of the Matt Duchesne trade. I don't know. Um, oh, <laughs> Same season, I think, right? I don't know. I forget when Duchesne was. Duchesne wasn't traded to Nat. Oh. Oh, Duchesne was part of a three-way deal with Nashville and then signs in Nashville separately. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Na- right. Nashville yeah. got like a draft pick in that trade. They got Turris in that trade. Oh, yeah, that's right. They traded Sam Girard for Turris, essentially. <laughs> Goofs. I hate you so much. This is the <laughs> hardest question ever. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I keep thinking for names, but then I get a stupid name like Johan Alvitu in my head. <laughs> but that was a signing. Ethan, do you want one last hint? Yes, I want a lot of hints. Okay. The last hint I'll give you is that these three players that you were missing that we have acquired have played a combined yeah. 28 games for us. Yeah. So these player plus player <laughs> plus player currently have 28 NHL games okay. with the Edmonton Oilers. Right. You ready? I'm going to say a name. I'm going to say right. a name. I like I don't think it's him because I don't my from my memory he wasn't on Philadelphia or Nashville. Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember him being at like a deadline. Like I remember this happened at the deadline and we were all pissed because like we're like that's it. So I mm. think Jason Garrison Are you locking that in? Fuck. No, I'm going to say, okay, Brandon Davidson first. Are you locking in Davidson? Fuck, stop asking me that. Oh, man. Similar names, these two players, eh? (sighs) 
I'm just going to look at the Oilers okay, well, roster Ethan, one be, more time. Ethan, because we already mentioned the Kajula trade, Garrison was the same trade as that. Wait, was he? Yes. Huh. And also, we got Garrison on, P- okay. on PTO. Oh, Vegas. right. So that-, that was hashtag PTO, everybody. Yeah. So right. I'll, I'll hit you that one. That wasn't it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Also, Ethan, think back to question two when I said that we traded away Davison at two consecutive deadlines. Oh, so we never acquired him at a deadline. I didn't say that, but can you deduce that? <laughs> I think so. Okay, so it's neither of the names I'm thinking of. Well, if you're if you're ruling with Davison, I'll answer your Davison question. We trade him for DeHarnay to Montreal. He hit UFA. We Fine. signed him. We signed the guy and then traded yeah. him for Cannavalo. That was a signing. He came home. And this summer, he was UFA again, and the Sharks and Buffalo Sabres took him. Okay, I'm, like, I'm not lost. I have no fucking clue who it is. Again, um, 28 combined games. Ethan, I'll tell you. Okay, I got. I, I'm kind of rooting for you here, and also it's fine to give you more information. So I'll tell you one more thing. One of these three players is in our organization, but not on the team. Hasn't played a game this year. Not currently on the roster, according to NHL.com. But has played a game for the Oilers. Yes, and is currently in the organization. Can I look up the current Oilers organizational roster? You're not going to get the last two, so sure. Okay, okay. All right. All right. If, honestly, if you yeah, you, you can get you can get one more than the and then the other two you're not going to get, but that's okay. You might cuz there's kind of like there there's iconic players in the playing field here. Deadline deal. That does not yeah. fucking help. No, it doesn't really help. Look at the Condors roster if you want. Also, I don't. Okay, though, I, I do. I do have six fish on this keychain. I thought I only had five for a second. Can I want some keychain ASMR? Flashcard is on a keychain. Ethan, what you got there? What you got? I think I have a name in my head. I'm just trying to remember. Colby Cave. You locking that in? Fuck it. Yes, Colby Cave. Colby Cave was acquired from the Boston Bruins off waivers. Fuck! In January. Oh, man. So close. I feel like the 2006 Oilers. Like, I just, (laughs) I had no business being here. 
<laughs> but I just I was this close away from immortality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you who are your answers? Other, who are the other guys? All right, so I think this was 2017. Yeah, we got Cooper Marodi. What? No. Yeah, for a third round pick from the Flyers. Really? Yeah. Huh. He is play. You were at his initial debut. I was. Weren't you? Yeah. I thought we drafted him. We didn't. Philly did. Oh, that's the next cool. Trade that's cool because the- that's cool that Philly drafted him because his NHL debut was against Pittsburgh. Yeah, kind of funny. Oh. All right. The next not, trade was not 2018. Like, not like ha-ha funny, but funny. Interesting. Intriguing. The next one is the three-way deal with Columbus and Nashville in which we gave Letestu to Columbus. Oh, yeah. And got who from Nashville? I don't know. Pontus Aberg. <laughs> You just threw your foot across the room. Pontus Aberg, baby. <laughs> and the last trade, also with the Flyers, the one I didn't tell you the team for, 2019, we trade Talbot for Stellars. Keith Gretzky era stuff. <laughs> I knew those it was Keith Gretzky. I, that was... Yeah, those were hard ones, eh? Those last oh, three were really hard. Oh, man. I just have, like, this pain <laughs> in my chest. Marodi, Aberg, and Stolarz. I Feel free to hate those. two of them forever. Am I right? <laughs> Talbot and Latestu, 2017 playoff run gurus over here. Part of this trade tree. That was a great performance. Great performance. Would it have been better if you just didn't even get the Sabres on question one? (laughs) I think it would have. (laughs) This is the most disappointed I've ever felt in my life. Like, is it really? 2017 playoffs? Like, whatever, man. That was. We were on the rise. 2020 playoffs, like, whatever. Weird year. COVID. 2006, again, no business being there. So, like, it was, you know. But now I'm just like. But the episode 39, question five, the exports. I feel like I just wasted two hours of my life, you know. (laughs) Unbelievable. Pontus Aberg, come on. Out of those 28 games that, that all these guys played, Aberg played like 16 of them. He I was knew the main that. piece. How did I? <laughs> Pontus Aberg. <laughs> but realistically, though, would you have gotten Marodi even if you got no. Aberg? No, there's no way I'd get Marodi. But like Stellars <laughs> and Aberg, like I should know that. Yeah. I, I'm fucking better than that. Like. <laughs> Pontus fucking Aberg. Pontus Aberg, baby. Is he still in the league? Like, didn't he go to Anaheim and, like, be really good for a little bit? He went to Anaheim, was really good, and then was really bad, and then went to Minnesota, and then went to Toronto, 
And then Toronto reinvented him, and he scored one goal. <laughs> Actually, he got one assist only in five games. He's currently playing for the Chelabisink Tractor of the KHL. He has 23 points in 49 games and played five games in the playoffs doing absolutely okay. nothing. Before we leave, there's one more thing I want to ask you about um, that I forgot about earlier, but we're going to do it oh. now. Okay. So Ken Holland, in his trade deadline press conference, I don't remember what he actually said, but people were mad about it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I, let me let I think, me see if I can find it. I think it was. I think he said something about like the fact that you can't contend every year. Like you can't be all in every year. I think people were mad about that. When realistically, next year's our better shot. Because next year, we 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 got like a bunch of money off the books. We also have an easier division. Just trying to see if I can find like a transcript. Yeah. From this. Because people were like really mad about this. I saw people being mad about it. I'm like, I kind of like, things are going according to his original plan. So I don't know. Like, Holland's kind of doing what he said he was going to do. Right? Oh, this is, okay, never mind. I think it was along the lines of like, like Holland didn't want to go all in this year. And the point Holland of said, Holland said something like you can't be all in every year. Something that's what he said. And the, like the, the point of contention is that Edmonton has essentially locked up a playoff spot. They have two of the five best players in the league. Um, like the opinion yeah. of the fans was, well, if this isn't the year to go all in, then what is? And Ryan, your answer to that question is next year. Well, I told him, I mean, I'm just saying that next year, I think especially not going okay i'll start off by saying when you have these players in their prime you should try to be all in every year um now as as a gm of a fantasy hockey team i never like to trade picks more than a year in advance so right now 2021 is the next draft my 2021 picks were on the table at this year's deadline i was a buyer and um but my 2022 picks I didn't move them. That way I have assets to go all in again next year. And I feel like what happened with Holland is we mentioned he, his own fault. We lost our second, the league's fault. We lost our third. We didn't have the assets to go all in this year and still be able to go all in next year. So what Holland was saying is that I like next year better. I want to, I don't want to go all in this year. I want to, and because he was he was handcuffed from cap space and picks, which is yes, half his own fault. Um, I think it's less than half, that, but sure, sure, less than half his fault. He, he inherited yeah. a um, few bad contracts. Yeah, and he moved one of them. He so, did move one. Um, he moved. He moved one of them for another bad contract, but for a contract that's actually better in terms of structure, biodiability, and there's no NMC. It's a better contract of. Worst value, take the retention into consideration, whatever. But yeah, to me, Holland was strapped. Holland says, if I want to go on this year, I can't go on next year. And I like next year a bit better. And that is totally fine with me. 
Yeah, the, the, the reason I wanted That's to, fine. I I told I understand that. That's the, okay. The reason I, I wanted it. the reason I wanted to talk about it was because I think it's interesting because we can talk about the results and the execution of the trade deadline, but then you know, this I feel like this is the first time in a while that we've actually had a debate about the approach and the mindset yeah. that the exactly. Oilers GM has because um I totally get wanting to go in, go all in this year. And I, I it's exciting. It's, it is. And it I works. would I would want that too, but there's a few kind of variables that make me think, yeah, going in all this going all in this year is a bad idea. And frankly, you can't even really do it. It's not possible. It's not this year's whack. It's man. not feasible. Okay. A, yeah. we have no picks. To, we to have trade. a first. We have a first we, round. I would have been kind of fine moving the first in the right deal. I was not part of the keep the first gang. I was part of the this first in the right deal. Let's get rid of it. That there was were, I was fine with that. There, the issue there, is we had no second. There was there was no right deal that came up. Like I'm not sure if exactly. you're paying. It it was a very slow market this year. Yeah. And if I if I was GM and I was going to move my first, I would want to get back a second because I would hate to not have a pick until the fourth round. Okay, so this year, a there just weren't a lot of players available, a lot of like high value targets. There was one of Taylor. my main targets was Raquel. He didn't even get moved. Yeah, he wasn't there, available. There was Taylor. Matha, Matha got traded for way too much. I wouldn't want to give up for Matha. It's too much for Matha. Like you're talking about your, you know. Players that, um, that like your average team competing for a playoff spot would want. Yeah, you're looking at Taylor Hall. End of list. I would throw Hoffman and Raquel there. They didn't get moved. No, so so they weren't. Were they ever on the market? Maybe they never were. It, it's one. And Hall had a no movement clause. Holland could not have gotten him unless it, he wanted to come here. It's it's one of two things. It's either they were never on the market to begin with, or what I think is more likely is they were the asking price was just too high. Yeah. Um, or too low for the team selling. Yeah. The other thing way. is in the Oilers situation, uh, they literally could not afford Taylor Hall from a cap space perspective. The Oilers have, have to give up even more. The Oilers have no cap space, which means any trade involving Taylor Hall would probably have a net negative impact on the Oilers because you would or, be giving up some serious assets. Or we go through San Jose and have them give them a fourth for to take on some retention of it. But we, if if we were to give up Taylor Hall, we can He went for a second and a guy. We don't have a second or that a guy means, or a guy. Does that become <laughs> our first? So we give our first for Hall. We give our fourth to San Jose to retain his salary. Now we have no picks till the fifth round, which is a bit ridiculous. And this, if you're, this is the draft to have no picks. But come on, see the thing. The thing is, with this draft being such a crapshoot, it means that picks there's less di- value differentiation between a first and a second, or a second and a third. This is the kind of draft where you either have no picks because who cares, or you collect all the picks because it's a crapshoot, and you can get a guy in the fifth round who can be a star. And no one else cares. Yeah, and no one else really cares about it because you don't know these things. This draft is insane. The other thing is um, this 
the whole concept of going all in, I don't really agree with because um, if you want to maximize your chances at both winning one Stanley cup, but especially multiple Stanley cups, yeah. you can't just, you, you can't just go into every trade deadline willy nilly, just acquiring all the players. Yeah. You I have don't like to- going all in because what if your starting goalie gets injured? Now you're all in. You can't do it again next year and you're hooped. Okay. If you want to, again, maximize your chances of winning a Stanley Cup, which is what we're all trying to do here, yeah. you do what the Lightning did. Okay. You develop a core, a solid core of players that you can hold on to for a long time. All right. Which we are in the process of and really then getting that minus the goalie. You have to slowly acquire assets and just get better every year, right? This is the first year in a while where the Oilers have had young players join the big club and surround McDavid and Dreisaitl. Okay, Yamamoto was the first one. Actually, no. Ethan Bear was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Then it was Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah. Now it's Yessi Pugliarvi. And Jones is also conversation. Evan Bouchard. I'm excited for Bouchard and Holloway and Lavoie and McLeod. And next next year is when the Oilers are really gonna take that step and become an elite franchise in the NHL because they're gonna have Dylan Holloway, Raphael Lavoie. Um, eventually, Konovalov is gonna make the jump. We hope, right? Yeah, um, we really hope. We're we talking that man. <laughs> like we're talking young players, because the thing about young players is one, they get better every year, but also yeah. they're cheap. Yes. Young players are very cheap, which I mean, means in, in you, modern NHL, a fourth year player is stupid expensive. But the first three years, they're yeah. cheap as hell because they're on the entry level contracts. So that's how you build a team. Yeah. And so the Oilers are in the process of doing that right now by acquiring a Taylor Hall or maybe even a Ricard Raquel. You are you're basically getting in your own way. Because you're taking on a big contract and you're probably giving up future assets for it. And by yeah. future, like the the Oilers fandom seems to be in a state where like they hate futures. Well, they think of future as like five years down the line when McDavid and Drysaddle are 30. No, by future like future, I mean next season. Yeah, like like I understand like saying that our 2021 first round pick is three years away. I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. But a prospect like McLeod or Lavoie is like right there. He's that's almost now. ready. That, yeah. that, that could be now if we didn't have a stubborn coach and a cap strap situation. The future is now old man. Yeah. Which is why I'm totally okay with not going all in. Because to me, to me, okay, and people have said this as well. This is kind of my thing is that people are like if you're not all in then then are you, then you're EK. If you're not all in, then you are, and this is the only other option, you are developing or selling. And no. if we are doing that, then why do we still have Barry? Why do we still have Cahoon? Why aren't we playing our youngsters? And to me, you can be in between. We, we are not all in, but we are still very much a buyer. We are a buyer who is looking towards not just going all in for a crapshoot at the COVID Cup and then being bad. We want to make sustainable dynasties here because we have the pieces to do so. And this isn't about, sure, we're not all in. Okay. We are still a buyer and we shouldn't be selling. We shouldn't become a developmental team. 
We should be playing our best guys every night, which is a whole other thing. Oh my God. We should be just, yeah, playing our best guys, hold on to our best assets, give it our all, be confident in our current team, make tweaks where we need it. And, and if, and, and if this year isn't our year, which it isn't, then we still have the foundation for next year or the year after that, whatever the year is to go all in. And to me, if we, like this year could be our year. We can go on a hot streak. This stranger secretly, things have happened. Yeah, th- exactly. This could secretly be our year. We could have Schmidt carrying us. McDavid three points a game in the playoffs. These are things that can happen. McDavid play- could also get injured in game one. Yeah, exactly. Knock on wood. Knock on all the freaking wood. But yeah, so to me, the perspective where people being like, "Well, if we're not gonna trade our first for Hall." then we should trade out we we should get rid of smith barry cahoon the straw man yeah yeah just just because they're expiring contracts i'm like no we're not selling we're not the flames we are simply a team who has a team that could win a cup we're just not gonna really go for because it isn't quite time okay i the I, have situation a, isn't right. I have a couple questions for you ryan yeah. um these questions are uh focusing on another nhl team the colorado avalanche okay yeah, well, yeah question number one have the colorado avalanche won a stanley cup yet in this no no not this current team no. hasn't not, not since 2001 okay second question do you believe that with this team that they're building this core that they have that they will win at least one stanley cup Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Question number three. Have they, in your eyes, not looking at results, but just looking at the quality of the team, would you agree that they are building up every year and getting just a little bit better every season? Yes. Since they absolutely bottomed out in 2017, sold Duchesne, sold Bork, like since since then, sold Varlamov, um, since then, they've been trending upwards every single year. Okay, my final question is... Both there's a points and roster. My final question is, would you call the Colorado Avalanche a rebuilder or a seller? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. They're a division titleist. Do you see my, us. Do you see my point? I see your point, and I will add to your point by saying that they are not all in. They have their first-round pick. Yeah. I think. Maybe. The, their second's gone for Taves, but they have their first. They they have a pick before the fifth round. Oh, yeah. And they held on to their expiring guys. And for Colorado, they should be even more all-in than us because their core of McKinnon, Landeskog, Rontanen is average, older than our core. And also, they're on steals of a contract right yeah. now. Holy crap. McKinnon's at like seven, six, six, seven million. When that contract's up, you got to give him 14. So right now they are, I'd say Colorado is even more on the clock than us. Like I'm not looking at like, I'm not talking about like cup window. I'm just talking about being the best that this current team will be window. Their window is closer to closing. Okay. But there is with their current core, there is a trajectory from lottery picks that goes up and ends in winning a Stanley cup. And they are above us on that curve, but they're all in. But what my point is, we are also on that curve. We are. Absolutely. We are lower down on the curve, but we are yeah. on that curve. And yes. to to quote unquote, go all in to borrow a phrase. Yeah. 
that would take us off the trajectory. Okay. It would give us a shot this year, and then we would fall. We'd be messed. It'd be messed up the future. Our chances stay on the future. Yeah, our chances to. of winning this year would go up, but our chances yeah. of winning at all would go down. I agree. If that makes um, any sense. See, for me, the Capitals went all in that one year, right? And they blew it. The next year, they won. Like that happens. We can't rely on that. That was an outlier. That was Alex Ovechkin, Russian fuel, corn juice. I don't even know. <laughs> Potato, was... Potatoes and vodka, which are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to me, you can look at Tampa even. Tampa completely blew a chance when they were the best team in the world, literally. And then they came back and they won it. And at the second deadline, they did go all in. They traded at first for Goudreau, which was taking overpayment. Okay, was but good. They already had Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman and the best goalie in the freaking world. Yeah. Like they, they and they didn't get those pieces by going all in every year. They drafted every single one of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I mean, yeah, you compare other teams, but you, not all teams are comparable, right? You can't compare because some, you know, I think a good comparison for us would kind of be, eh, I don't know, but like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh in like 2014. Like they were really good and then they kind of took a step back, but yeah. then they but then they, they got were better straight and, up, yeah. and they won with the same core. Yeah. They were, because they straight up sold. They straight up had to sell one year. They were, they were the 15th seed one year. Yeah. And the next year, they... Got one more piece of their core. They got Kessel and and like I'm I know Flurry's the best, but Flurry wasn't the confident answer in that. Flurry wasn't even the starter for one and a half of those cup runs. Right. Like they they had problems. There was questions. And um yeah, it ended up ended up working out. And some teams it never does work out, and that sucks. Some teams you go all the way up to your peak and you're you're stuck there. Spoiler alert: you, the Stanley Cup is very hard to win. Yeah, and I would rather. And also, just like look at like something like stupid, like this year especially. Like again, knock on wood. Worst case scenario, we have another stupid, weird last year thing. The plague isn't the plague is in the state is really under control. It's it's a lot better, which is weird that they're doing better than us at anything. Um, but like, yeah, like I'm looking at like there is always the risk that this year just gets full on axed by the plague. That that chance is there. And I think that that like represents the fact that any any given year in history should have should can happen, right? And I would rather have I'd rather stay on the, tra- the trajectory that you mentioned for longer. I would rather have, like, I don't want to be the number one favorite contender for one year. I want to be the number five to seven favorite contender for 10 years. Yeah. Or the because number two, two to four for five years. Your, your, your chances of winning in that second scenario are much greater because, because luck, this isn't the NBA, right? The number no. one seed doesn't win every year. No. In fact, that one year, Reese 2018, all four number one seeds lost in the first round. Yeah, and are we forgetting that the last time we got close to a Stanley Cup, we were the eight seed? Yeah. 
It's wild. So, okay, final. And also, in 2017, we had to rely on, on zebra voodoo in order to lose. Like, stuff happens. All right. A, a final thought on this because we are window, well. Keep the window open. We are well over the two-hour mark on this week's episode. Are we um, actually? Yes. Uh, we're not too away. So, I I just think it's funny that, oh, shoot, I'm losing my thought. I forgot it. Damn it. Come back. Got it. Okay. The funny part about this is because Oilers fans, as you know, are bipolar. Um, all of them, every single one. Us yep. too. I'm like, oh, I confess. You got me. So I find that there's a lot of people who are saying, oh, go all in at this deadline. You know, go out, add pieces. This yep. is the year to take a shot at it. Uh, we took a shot at it last year. Um, we did. And those same people would argue that two of the three trades we made last year blew up in our faces. I'm thinking Mike Green. I'm thinking especially Andreas Athanasi. I mean, Mike Green was was no more backs, no no more back Brodziak, and a seventh. <laughs> For green, like that trade literally didn't matter at all. Okay, but, but the FSC, we gave yeah. up two picks for him. And FSC, like I mentioned earlier, that trade, us going for it in a plague season, greatly hindered our ability to do it again this year. And so let's learn from our mistakes. The fact that Ken Holland didn't blow, didn't do anything, means that not only did he learn from his mistakes, maybe, but he at least saw the effect of his past mistakes. And then he went and traded a 2022 pick, which I would rather him not done that. But, but like the, the thing is, like I'm not at still, all arguing that these were bad trades. I still no. really like the Athens trade. I really like the Tyler Ennis trade. Okay. Yep. But even good trades don't work out sometimes. That's hockey. That's life. Yeah. Right. And if we didn't do the kind of CU trade, we would have more assets to go all in next year or Look, this year. All, all I'm saying is, I'm, like, again, I, if it improves the team, make the deal. Dmitry Kulikov improves the team. The Oilers are a better team than they were before the trade deadline. And it doesn't, yeah. you're not selling the future for, and again, no. future as in next year, not future 2025. We have three of the five leading scores in the AHL future. That's yeah. still future. It should be present. I, uh, we don't have time for that today, but like, <laughs> yeah, I think my message is just, um, how about this? How about this? Let's say this room, bad oh air. God. We got bad air in this room, man. Wait, okay. no, what, I, what about bad? I, what about bad water? We'll get to water. Don't worry about the water. <laughs> um, I'll drink it all. But um, yeah, the way I see it, could I, could I just throw, could I just throw a boulder through my window? and then get it patched up? Or could I just like open it a crack more every little bit? This analogy ended up derailing itself. No, I, got I like it. I'm following. I'm following. Yeah, but let's just keep the window open. Get the air in here good. Let's build a foundation. Or open a window. The window's already open, Ethan. I, I'm, Wait, I hold keep on, it. hold on. The window's already open? I think the the window, my window right now is actually closed. Are we talking about like the physical window or like the Oilers metaphorical window? I was trying to connect them. 
And I've been talking uh, okay. for two hours now, and I don't really know what words I need to say to connect them. Okay. Well, in my head, I have it really well. I, let in us, my head, it makes sense. Let us know if you understood Ryan's analogy. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Ryan. Don't break the window. Just open it. <laughs> Ryan, your Twitter. Macney Ryan. You can follow me I, at Bay Duse Ethan. You I want to just say someone should follow- be my 100th follower because I'm, I'm at 95 crap. followers. Just shut up. Uh, you can follow the show at YEG Sports Pod. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I know it was a long one. Yep. Tough. <laughs> um, Ryan, you have yourself a fabulous weekend. Thanks. Um, also, sorry, before I forget, I would like to apologize that this episode came out uh, later than it usually does. If That's you have right. a pro- it's if, Saturday. If you have a problem with it, take it up with my professors. <laughs> um, Ryan, you have anything else to say to the folks? Um, where are we going to name this episode? Something life? Plague life. Hashtag we, plague life. Can we make it life with a Y, please? No. Why not? Because that's dumb. Aww. You're dumb. <laughs> well, come back next week and I'll read you another one of my fish cards. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tell all your friends. Leave us a rating if you would be so kind. Um, this is the part of the show where I usually say something else, but it just it doesn't feel right anymore. It's like I, I don't hate Sam Bennett anymore. Gaetan Haas is a second-line center. Sam Bennett is a Panther. See you guys next week. 